0: If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen. This is Jesus talking about heaven. The disciples were worried because Jesus had been talking about the end of his life. And he's about to go up on a cross. And the disciples get a little bit worried. And look in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Look at what Jesus says. He says, let not your hearts be what? Don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That where I am, you may be also. Come on, we can give God a hand clap for that. Yeah, I think that's that's great news. All right. I want, Is it okay if we read a second passage of the Bible? Go to to 1 Thessalonians. Go to 1 Thessalonians. It's toward the back. Just skip a couple books over. It's uh, one of the letters that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you can't find it, just read it off the screen. Chapter 4. Look at what what Paul tells the church in Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18. He says, Brothers and sisters... we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Come on, how good is that right there? We're going to talk about heaven today for the next few minutes, and I hope it will help you and encourage you as we look at what God is doing for us. Come on, can we close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this time that we are gathered together here in your house with this family, with our community, God. Thank you for what you're doing across the life of our church, across this family. Thank you for the 9 a.m. Thank you for this 11 a.m. Thank you for the 1 p.m. Thank you for the 7 p.m. tonight in our city campus down in Windward. God, we love you. We love you so much. Thank you for being so, so good to us. Thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that you will do. We believe that the best is yet to come. We believe that the that be- that end of 2018 is going to be even better than the beginning, God. And thank you for the doors that you're opening. And thank you as we're marching forward, telling people about you. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the glory, all the praise. Help Croatia beat France right now. In Jesus' name, all God's people say Oh, come on. All God's people say, can you give Jesus a big, big shout of praise? Come on, 11 a.m. What about heaven, right? Like, what is heaven all about? I think we have questions about heaven because we want to know what happens in the end. I think that's like, that's extremely important. Like, have you ever wondered like, what, what is heaven all about? Like, like what happens at the end, like, I, I know we probably have heard some stuff, but, but what exactly happens at the end? I think it's important. I think one of the reasons that we received a lot of questions about heaven is because we were made for heaven. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, that God has put eternity in the heart of man. So I really believe that we were made for heaven, right? And so, God, this is the way God wired. We have a God-shaped hole in our soul that is longing to be with God. And so a lot of us we want to know, okay, what happens at the end of our life? We want to go back. It's important to know what happens in the end. Have you ever been lost and not known what happens at the end of something? I don't know if that's ever happened in your life, but but yesterday it happened to me and Diana. We were on our way back from Sydney, Australia. And Uh, Coming back from Sydney, what seems like a 15-week flight, um, we we had to stop in Los Angeles. We stopped in L.A. It was a connection flight, and so we stopped in L.A. to catch another flight. When we stopped in L.A., we had to uh, grab our bags and do a whole recheck-in and go through immigration, do that whole deal. And there came a a spot at the L.A. airport where they made us go through security clearance once again. And after security clearance, we had to make sure we were going inside the right line and inside the right space so that. we can get on a flight uh, to come to Miami. Now we me and Diana were, were worried because there was a little bit of confusion going on at the airport and, and we're like, we really just want to get home. We were tired, it was a long flight, we just want to make it home, want to make it to church small, want to see family, like we just want to get home. Are we are we sure we're in the right place, right? And so so we check in our bags and, and we're walking right through this path, and they tell us just to get in this one line. And so we get. In the line, and at the front of the line, all the way in the front of the line, there's this lady who is checking boarding passes, right? And she's checking boarding passes and she's asking people where they're going. And according to where they're going, she was giving two different directions. She's like, Okay, where are you going? People are like, I'm going so-and-so. Get in the line, just follow the line, get in that room. She said, okay, get in the line. Somebody else, where are you going? Said, okay, grab the elevator, go up to the third floor, second room on the right. Uh, but one by one get in the line go to the room go to the, get in the elevator go to the third floor second room on the right get in the line go to the room and oh my, well, me and man are getting close and we're trying to wonder like where is this lady going to send us we're a little bit lost we have no idea where to go and so I, we get to finally we get to where she's at and she's like where are you going like, Miami, Florida, Miami Florida get in the line you go to that room get in the line like, okay I, I just heard ma'am ma'am I just heard the people before us were going to Miami, too, and you send them upstairs, upstairs, third floor, elevator, second door to the right. Like, okay, but, but, so Miami, get in the line, in the room. And I'm like, two different directions, I don't know. So, so we're just like, let's just get in the line. So we get in the line to that room. Now, now the line was going to this room where we could not see where it was going, and I was a little bit afraid, because I want to go to Miami, I don't want to go to a secret room in an L.A. airport. And so, <laughs> And so we were still confused. There's a line going inside this room, and, and we're just looking, and we're hearing. We, I, I turn around, and the ladies continuing to give like directions. Third, go all the way, elevator, third floor, to second of the line. And I'm like, I told her, I'm gonna go ask one more time. I'm Just gonna go ask one more time. I'm confused. <laughs> I wanna know. So I go back up her. she's like, where are you going? <laughs> Like Miami, Florida, but you've, you've told some people, third, go all the way to third floor, second room to the right, or get in the line. I'm just like, what in the world? I don't know where that room is. Same thing, same direction, just go anywhere you want. I'm like, I just want to get home. Like, all I want to do is get home. Tell me which way to go, lady. Help me get home, right? I think a lot of us are in line, and we have no idea what's coming at the end of the line. Right? A lot of us are in line, and we have no idea what's coming at the end of the line. And here's the big problem. If we have no idea what's coming in the end, it's going to affect the way we live life now. If we have no idea what's coming at the end, it's going to affect how we live life now. If we have no idea what comes at the end of our life, we're going to be confused as to how we live life now, how we should live. What's our outlook on life? What's my attitude in life? I have no idea what's coming at the end, so I react different in the now. But if you understood how life ended, it will shape your life, shape your attitude, shape your thinking, how you live now. And the Bible says that God has already declared the end from the beginning. Isaiah says in the chapter 46 that God has already declared the end from the very beginning in other words it doesn't matter what you may be going through right now god has already established an end we know where we're going we know how life is going to turn out god has already declared victory for you and for me heaven is victory with jesus forever that's why no matter what may happen in life right now we know what god has already declared and that's why we don't live for the here and now we live for the then and And there, God has already said what's happening at the end. The disciples, they're worried. They're they're hanging out with Jesus. And and Jesus is talking about crucifixion. He's talking about going to the cross. And and, and they start to get a little bit worried because they want to be with Jesus forever. And Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Some of us, we came in here this morning and your hearts are troubled. Maybe you came in here this morning and your life is troubled. Your mind is troubled. Your soul is troubled. Let the words of Jesus speak to you this morning. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is going to prepare a place for you and for me. Oh, I know life is tough. I know we go through some trials. I know we go through some tribulation. I know things are pushing you at every side. But Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is already preparing our future ahead of us. The disciples are worried. He says, don't don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there's many rooms, he says. In my father's house, there's many rooms. If this were not true, I would not tell you this. And I would not tell you that I come to pick you up. And I'm going to come pick you up because where I am, that you may be also. We're going to be with Jesus forever. These are encouraging words about heaven to the disciples. We skipped a couple letters uh, that, uh, through the New Testament, and we went all the way to, to the letter of 1 Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians, right? This is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, right? Back in the day, Paul, Timothy, and Silas, they went through different cities planting churches, and they, they went to one city called Thessalonica. That's a beautiful name. If you're pregnant and you have a baby girl, Thessalonica, beautiful name. <laughs> They go to Thessalonica, and they planted this church. The church starts growing. The church starts doing amazing. But Paul, Silas, and Timothy had to keep going from city to city. They couldn't stay there, so they left the leader in charge of the church. Paul is missing the leaders there. Paul is missing the church. And so he said, I want to know how they're doing. I long to see them. These are my friends. These are my family. So he says, since we can't go, Timothy, why don't you go and check up on the church? So Timothy goes to Thessalonica, and he visits the church, and he finds out how the church is doing, and he sees that the church is... Is doing amazing, right? Like the church is growing. It's booming. It's doing amazing. Growth track, record attendance, like amazing what God is doing in Thessalonica. And he comes back to Paul and Silas with the report. But in his report, he does have a few things that's going on in the church. He says, ah, the church is doing amazing, Paul. They're doing great. Uh, they had free sorbets after service. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, but, but, but there is a couple things. There, there's sexual immorality in the church. Some people are, are sleeping around with each other and, and they're, they're sleeping before they get married and they're all sleeping with one another. And, and so we had to address those issues. And, and there is fighting in the church. Some of them are not getting along and, and they're arguing with each other and fighting. I mean, it's doing great, but uh, thank God that only happens at Thessalonica. That doesn't happen here. Thank God. And uh, he says we have to address that issue. And then, and then there's this other issue. A lot of them, um, they're dealing with doubt and fear because some of their loved ones have died and they don't know what, ha- what happens at the end. Some of them are dealing with death, some of them are dying, and they have no idea what happens in the afterlife. And there's these false teachers and false preachers coming by, telling them other thoughts about the afterlife, and and some of them are really shaken up in their faith. And so Paul says, okay, I'm gonna write a letter and I'm gonna address some of these issues. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he begins to address these issues. And he gets to the issue of eternal life in verse 13 and on, right? And he begins to say, hey, my brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed about this, right? He says, hey, I know there's some worry. I know there's some questions. I know there's some doubts. He said, hi, I don't want you to be uninformed. One, One translation says, don't be ignorant about this. I don't want you to be confused about this. I want you to know what happens after we die. He goes, I know some of you have lost loved ones. I know some of you have lost some family members. He goes, but remember that we have an afterlife. There is a heaven coming. He goes, this is why we live different than those who mourn without hope. He says there's people out there that are dying who don't know Jesus and so they mourn and they grieve with no hope. But us, we mourn differently because we know it's not goodbye forever, it's I'll see you in a little while. We're going to be reunited with our family and friends because there's an afterlife with Jesus in heaven forever. And so he begins to talk to them about the afterlife, right? And he begins to talk to them about heaven. And he's saying, one day, Jesus is going to come back for you and for me, he's telling the church. He says, Jesus is coming back. We believe that. We believe that Jesus went to prepare a place. And one day, he's going to split the sky open, and he's going to pick up his church. We believe that one day, the trumpet's going to sound, and we are going to float away with Jesus. Jesus is coming back to pick up his church church you believe that that's why i'm excited about the the month of august when we're going to talk about the end times and we're going to talk about the book of revelation because a lot of us are confused like what what is this really all about jesus is coming back for his church it says that in the bible we believe that with all our heart that the same way he ascended he's going to descend one more time to pick us up and take him with him And Paul says, hey, he's going to pick us up, and we're going to meet him in the air. Now, those of you who've lost loved ones and family members who have died in Jesus, he says, I want you to know that their body is just asleep in the ground. Look at how he even mentions death. He mentions death like if it's sleeping, he says. Their bodies are sleeping. Their souls are with Jesus. When Jesus comes back, their bodies are going to come up out of the ground in glorified form, and we're going to have a big reunion party in the air with Jesus. I love that with God, there's always a party. Come on, anybody love it? There's always a party. We're going to reunite with Jesus in heaven and with our family members and loved ones who have died and gone to sleep in Jesus says, then all of us will be caught up in the air and we will go to heaven, right? And the Bible talks about two different kinds of heavens, right? I'm going to explain this to you because a lot of us are like, what is heaven going to be like? Like, is heaven going, am I going to have wings? Am I going to be floating around the air, right? Like, we think that heaven is a bunch of chubby babies in Huggies underwear with harps and wings. Like, what is heaven going to be like? Are we just going to be floating around forever? Like, I love heaven. This is awesome. Some of us hear this about heaven. We're like, we don't want to go there. That does not sound like a good place, right? Growing up in church, a lot of us, we heard about, uh, about heaven and we're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there. Some preachers will get up here and they'll say like, hey, if you're not enjoying church, get ready for heaven. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't even know if I want to go. It's going to be a long church service. That's what heaven's going to be like. It's like, I don't know if I want to go there. It talks about heaven being two different things. The first heaven that it talks about, it says it's paradise, It says they're going to paradise, right? Jesus, when he's being crucified, he's on the cross. And on his left-hand side and on his right-hand side, there's criminals on both sides, right? And one of them turns to him and he says, hey, Jesus, can you remember me when you go into your kingdom? He realized that Jesus was the son of God. And look at the Bible. Look at Luke chapter 23, verses 42 and 43. He says, Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him and said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, today you're going to be with me in paradise. What happens when we die? We go immediately to paradise. What happened? If I were to die today, what happened? We go immediately into paradise. Now the word paradise there, the way it's written in the Greek, it literally is a word for the, another word for garden, a garden, a park, right? It's a beautiful garden. A lot of people believe it's the garden restored, the garden of Eden completely restored. Right? It's a big, beautiful garden. In fact, uh, the word picture there is almost like a picnic in a garden. Like you're going to a place of rest. It literally gives the, the, the word picture is that you've been working Monday through Friday and Saturday is an afternoon at the park resting. You've been working through life, you've gone through life, and now you, 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 you don't die. You pass away and you go into paradise. You go into a place of rest. It's a beautiful paradise with no imperfections in it. It's a beautiful garden where we walk with God and talk with God. And this is the first heaven. In fact, one translation says, oh, that God goes to prepare mansions for us, right? And a lot of us are like, he's going to mansions. Really what it means is a lot of rooms. Like he said in John chapter 14, he's going to a place, a paradise, a garden that has a lot of rooms. Another word picture is like a resort. What happens when you die? I'm going to a resort. (laughs) Right. Like that's that's paradise. We're going to a resort with Jesus. It's in a park, a garden, beautiful, more than we could ever imagine. That's the first heaven. Well, what's what's the second heaven then? Well, the second heaven is when Jesus comes back to pick up the whole church. It says that a new age is coming or a new day, with, which is a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be completely brand new. Right. Uh, One one commentator says that it's like heaven and earth colliding. Another one says it's heaven now coming down to earth. Earth is going to be burned up. It's going to be completely furnished, brand new, made alive, made complete with no imperfections and heaven dwelling on earth. And it says it's going to be a new city called New Jerusalem. Look at Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And then it says, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And I heard a loud voice coming from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and their God. You want to know what the new heaven is going to be like? What what heaven, what eternal life with Jesus is going to be like? Read Revelation chapter 21 and 22. It gives details about what heaven's going to be like. It says it's going to be a new city, a new earth, and a new heaven. In fact, it says in the new heaven, there's going to be streets of gold. It says there's going to be emeralds and jasper. It says that the sea and the rivers are going to be transparent like crystal. And it says there will be no, no need of sun because the glory of God will be shining everywhere. This is the new earth, and this is the new heaven that it's talking about. This is where we're going to rest with God forever. This is God's city where we are going to dwell with him, and he's going to dwell with us forever. This is where we're going. There's going to be no more tears, no more cancer, no more diabetes, no more sickness, no more murder, no more pain, no more Palmetto Expressway, no more traffic. Come on, can somebody praise God for the new heaven and the new earth? A new place with no more disease, with no more sin, where we are going to dwell with God forever. All sin will be wiped away. And we're going to be with God. This is the new heaven and the new earth. And And it says we're going to know God and we're going to know each other and we're going to have relationships in this real place. It's a real city. Revelation chapter 21 and 22, it actually gives the dimensions of the city. Many believe it's going to be actually in modern day Jerusalem, but it's going to be a brand new Jerusalem. And this is God's city, right, where he's going to establish his kingdom. It's a real place, real relationship with God. This is where we are going to be together forever with God. We're no longer going to have more tears. We're no longer going to cry. We're no longer going to be here thinking about the stresses of life. It's going to be a brand new world. It's going to be the Garden of Eden completely restored and made brand new. In light of heaven, how should we live our lives? Well, now that we know heaven is a real place and God is preparing paradise for immediate death and then afterwards a new heaven and a new earth where we're going to live, how should we live our life, right? Right? If we know this now, how should we live our life? I want to share with you three quick things that I think can help us. I want you to write these down. Number one, I think we should live refocused. I think it it means we need to refocus our life. A lot of us, we we think that this earth is all there is. Right? This life is all there is. And we strive and we work and we try to earn all we can. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we think, "I, I need to do everything I can because this is all there is in life. Refocus. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. Paul says we are just, we're citizens of heaven. We are just aliens and strangers on this earth. We're just pilgrims going through a passage. We don't belong to this earth. We belong to another country. We're citizens of heaven. Right? Like, like a lot of us, like in other words, he's saying, don't get too comfortable down here. Because you don't belong here. One day, this earth is going to be completely burned up with your cars and your toys and your houses and all your money and all your savings account and everything you worked to build and all humanity tries to build. One day, God's going to make it all brand new. So refocus your living. Don't live for the here and now. Live for the then and there. How are you living your life? Are you living for the here? Are you living saying, I'm just trying to accomplish everything I can on this side of earth? says, reshape your living. When you live, refocus, you leverage everything in your life for eternal life. Leverage your whole life for eternity. Like, Like if God has given you talents and gifts, leverage that for eternal life. Saying, God, you've given me talents and gifts. You don't want to do. I'm going to glorify your name. I'm going to magnify your name, so all people would know that you're God. And one day, you're making a new earth and a new heaven. I'm leveraging my life. I'm leveraging my gifts. I'm leveraging my t- God gave you a car. Leverage your car for eternity. Give somebody a ride to church. Give somebody a blessing with their car. Take somebody to their job. Give some. You God gave you talents again. God gave you money and finances. Tithe and sow in the kingdom and be a kingdom builder. Leverage everything for eternity. Eternity, because this life is going to pass away. You'll live 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years if we're blessed. That's, that's like, like a speck of dust in light of eternity. And we work so hard and we get comfortable down here. And, and Jesus and Paul and the apostles would tell us, don't get too comfortable. There's, there's paradise coming. Like you weren't made. Like Miami's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful city. Some people consider it paradise, but there's something greater coming. Don't, don't get too comfortable because, oh, that's, that's passing. It says the old earth. It says the old order of things will pass. It's going to be a new system of doing life. Like this system is just a temporary one. Jesus tries to give us a refocus in Matthew chapter 6. When he's talking to the disciples about our treasures, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It says where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. And it says for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? He's trying to refocus us and realign us to live for eternity. That's why if you grew up in church and you talked to some of the old school people that didn't have a lot, they would always sing about heaven because they weren't so tied down to their possessions down here on earth. And they were saying oh on that glad morning when we'll all be in heaven and they'll sing hymns like that because they realize this earth is passing and one day everything's gonna burn and one day God's gonna make everything brand new I'm not too tied down to my car I'm not too tied down to my house I'm not too tied down to my money I'm actually a citizen of heaven I'm living for a new earth I'm living for a new heaven I'm confident in Jesus all trials and tribulations they may come but I know a greater kingdom is coming all this sickness may try to to take my health, but I believe one day I'm going to see God face to face. I don't live for the here and now. Let the problems come. Let trials and tribulations come. I'll glory in my sufferings all the more because I know that this is only temporary. I live with an eternal perspective in mind. Refocus life. Number two, reach people all we can. Somebody say, reach. In light of eternity, and in the light that heaven is coming, how do we live? Reaching people reaching people if you're new to calvary if this is your first time here or maybe you've been coming for a while and you want to know what we're all about like there's a pretty cool church and okay here this is awesome uh you guys give away Bays, whatever however you pronounce it uh what are you guys all about we're about reaching people we're about reaching people our mission statement is bringing people to life through the gospel of jesus christ We're about reaching people. We do whatever we can to reach people. That's why on Sundays we have four services. We'll we'll, we'll open up more. In fact, at the end of the year we're opening up another service because we want people to know Jesus. We're going to do everything. I preach four services. We go and we have other services. We have preachers here that will preach all day. Five services, six services, seven services. We want to reach people for Jesus because heaven is coming. Heaven is real. And we want to populate heaven and empty out hell. We're going to reach the city of Miami we'll preach all day if we have to we want people to know the good news of Jesus Christ we need to reach people how many people are dying every single day without knowing there's a heaven for them there's a paradise for them especially in a city like ours that looks pretty on the outside but we know it's broken on the inside How many people are addicted to drugs and dying in nightclubs and all this kind of living that we have in our life. Let's preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's not get tired through hardships, through brokenness. Oh, we're surrounded by death, but yet life is producing more life on the inside of us. We're telling this city there is a living God. And we'll do whatever we have to do to reach people. Because at the end of the day, people is what God loves. Jude reminds us in the book of Jude, chapter 122. He says, to save others by snatching them from the fire. Snatch them from the flames, he says. We're the salvation army of heaven. What are we on earth for, to tell people about Jesus? Wherever you go, if you go grab a coffee, tell the barista about Jesus. If you go pump at a gas station, tell the gas attendant about Jesus. Wherever you go to your workplace, tell your co-workers about Jesus. Tell your family about Jesus. Time is running out. We don't have a lot of time. We are living at the end of days. We need to tell the whole world about Jesus. We'll do whatever we can to tell people about Jesus. Bringing people to life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Alex, but I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to share the gospel. It don't matter. Just tell them your story. You don't have to know the whole Bible, you don't have to know all of Revelation, you don't have to know Genesis, you don't have to know Thessalonica. You just tell people what God has done in your life, share the gospel. That's why at this church we're bringers every single Sunday. I meet with people out there who says, hey, today I brought so-and-so. Hey, today I brought so-and-so. We are a bringer type of church. We'll do whatever we can to bring people inside the house. Jesus says, go to the highways and byways and force them into the house. We'll do whatever we can so people will know the gospel. We live in light of eternity. We live life refocused. We reach people. And number three, we live ready for eternity. Refocus, reach, and we're ready. Well, well, if heaven is coming, what what do I do? Well, I, I live my life ready for the next life. I don't live my life so much ready for this life I live ready for the next well how do do I live ready for the next life well with a relationship with God it's having a real vibrant relationship with Jesus maybe you're in here today and you say Alex I I don't have a relationship with God I I made so many mistakes and what is it that I do Peter told us hey live ready for the next life look at 2nd Peter we can put it up 2 Peter chapter 3 but in keeping with his promise we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells so then dear friends since you are looking forward to this make every effort to be found spotless blameless and at peace with him Peter says make every effort to live spotless blameless and at peace with him we're looking forward he says a new heaven and a new earth is coming, and since it's coming, live spotless, blameless, righteous. But well, how do we do that? Like, like, like so we we'll look at a verse like that and we're like, how, how, do I, how do I accomplish that, right? Like, I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to live a perfect life, and I want to be at peace with God. But how do I do that? Can I tell you a secret? We can't do that. There's no way we could be spotless. There's no way we could be blameless there's no way that we could be at peace with God on our own this is why we all need Jesus the Bible says all of us are born sinners We were born in sin, but God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that whosoever believes in Him will not die but will have everlasting life. You and I, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can live your whole week saying, I'm going to be spotless, I'm going to be blameless, I'm going to think good, I'm going to do good. You can't do it on your own. We need the righteousness of Jesus. And it only comes by believing in Him, by living for Him, by loving Him. I don't focus on being spotless, I focus on Jesus. I don't focus on being blameless. I focus on loving Jesus, on getting to know him, on growing my relationship with him. Today, how do we get to heaven? By knowing Jesus. How can I be ready? Have a relationship with Jesus. Not a Sunday event. Not a week-to-week event where we come and sing a few songs and listen and then we go home. It's, It's by having a real, authentic relationship with Jesus. Come on, can we stand up on our feet all across this place? Can we all get up on our feet? Can we close our eyes and bow our heads all across this place? With eyes closed and heads bowed. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I I don't know Jesus. I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. I I actually feel distant from him. I've I've done some things in my life that I'm not proud of. I, I don't have a relationship with the God that you're talking about. Maybe you grew up in church like me and you've heard a lot about God. You know about God, but you don't have a real relationship with God. And you're saying, Alice, I want to live refocused. I want to reach people and I want to be ready. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed all across this place. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. There's not one perfect person in this place. We've all failed God in one way or another. Not one perfect person in this place. We're all sinners. I've sinned, you've sinned, we've failed God, we've done wrong. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. But God loves us so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus. Jesus came and He grabbed all of my sin, your sin, all of our failures. And the Bible says that Jesus carried it, went up to a cross, and that Jesus died for the sins of humanity. The Bible says he went down into a grave. He was dead for three days, but after three days, he resurrected. Jesus, he's alive today. He loves you more than you could imagine. He gave his life for you. Oh, he knows you've sinned. He knows you've done wrong. He knows everything about our life, yet he died for us still. He's alive today, and he's saying, I want to offer you eternal life. The Bible says he came to give us life and life more abundantly. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, if you're in here today, and you say, Alex, I, I need Jesus in my life. I need a brand new beginning. If you're in here today, and you say, Alex, I want forgiveness of my sins. I want to start a relationship with God. I want to leave out of here knowing that if I were to die today, I'm going to paradise with Jesus. I want to leave out of here with the assurance that I'm going to heaven. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. Come on, as the whole church is praying, everyone praying, eyes closed, head bowed. In a moment of privacy and concentration, if you're here today and you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want forgiveness of my sins. Today I want to start brand new. I'm going to count to three. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Just hold it up just for a second. I'll see you and then you can put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Every eye closed, every head bowed. One, two, three three raise your hand all across this place as high as you can hold it up just for a few more i see you 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 god bless 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 you, god bless you all the way over here to the right as well amazing hands raised up everywhere father we thank you for every single person making a decision today have your way today, God, and seal this moment with your Holy Spirit like it says in your word. Come on, every single person that raise their hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. My prayer doesn't save anybody. The Bible says that it's faith in Jesus that saves us. So that's what we're doing through this prayer. Repeat after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat out loud. I want you to say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates us from you jesus i believe you're the son of god that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my lord and be my savior from today on i'm forgiven i am saved and i'm healed in jesus name amen amen and amen come on church can we give them a big hand Come on, every single person has made a decision today.